You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Twentieth of April, twenty seventeen, uh, four twenty, and to take us into uh, into our show today on the mythical four twenty, we got uh, a band from Seattle, folks. This is Stickerbush. <laughs> Okay, folks, that's just a sample of Stickerbush from uh, from Seattle, Washington. Vivian McPeak, the uh, founder of And, uh, Brasco, what's his, what's his show on Cannabis Radio? show's called Hemp Presents. The, uh, the Hemp drops Presents. every Monday. Well, there you go. Uh, Vivian McPeak from uh, Cannabis Radio, his band Stickerbush, Take Back the Plant. And uh, check them out on Hemp, uh, Hemp Present every Monday on uh, on Cannabis Radio. Or wherever you find your podcasts. Or yeah, or some podcast, fine podcast distribution service near you. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Hey, Dave. Happy 420, man. <laughs> Thanks. I'm at a conference. I will not be enjoying the day, maybe as much as others, but... Uh... But, dude, you're in Vegas. It's legal. 
It's legal, man. Isn't it? actually? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's legal in Vegas or not. One of the neat things about the United States is it's a hodgepodge of laws based on uh, based on state. I'm pretty sure Nevada went legal after the last election, though. That's what I've heard, and I have definitely smelt. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's Vegas. I mean, I haven't been there in years, and I, four or five years ago, I could smell weed everywhere. But that might have been me. That's true. It's not legal in uh, British Columbia either, but uh, you're not hard pressed to stumble upon it. Yeah, indeed. It's rather difficult not to stumble upon it or stumble because of it. Uh, same in Toronto. Although weed will be legal in Canada in one year's time. The question, uh, how it will be legal? Will it be legal to um, sell online? Is there, is there going to be a burgeoning e-commerce market in Canadian weed? That remains to be seen. Probably not. Uh, not this generation, anyway. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It always is when these kind of laws change. Yep. I don't know if we've ever had our show fall on 420 before. <laughs> Luckily, our show is over by 3 p.m. Eastern Time, or at least we're done recording by 3 p.m. Eastern Time, so plenty of time for the uh, for the rest of the day. Um, where do we want to go today? We don't have, we don't have a guest in, and it wasn't I think, I, there wasn't really a big theme to the last week that that I, that I could put my finger on. But um, where do you want to go today, Dave? I don't know. There are so many stories that we can we could possibly cover, and a lot's happened. Uh, over the last week, as you as you know, and then we shared some some links back and forth, and gotta love this industry for that because even when you don't have a guest, well, there's stuff to talk about. Um, one of the stories that I'm finding really really interesting right now, and it's maybe because of where I am. Um, Google just made a, an acquisition. Um, this is just uh, three days ago. The announcement came out, uh, and they purchased a uh, land grab just outside of Reno. And this isn't just a little land grab. They've just purchased 1,200 acres of land um, just outside of Reno, uh, quite close to uh, Elon Musk's uh, Tesla test facility. So the rumors are, um, and this is over at Forbes, and sort of you know everybody's kind of trying to guess at what's going on. But aside from a data center, because Reno has some good stable ground to build a data center on, uh, but they might be building some test facilities for their for their driverless cars as well, um, which is, you know, of course, super interesting to, to me and, and to you. I mean, you know, well, this is sort of the future of things. One thing, one thing Nevada has lots of is super flat ground, like completely flat ground. So, yeah, um, May well be a test center, may well be a new data center, may well be both for Google. Indeed, indeed. And it's going to be really, really interesting to watch. Anytime somebody purchases something like that, like over 1,200 acres of land, it's going to be interesting to watch. Because you know the folks at Google aren't idiots. They have a plan for it. We don't know what that plan is yet, but I'm excited to see what they what they turn it into. Well, it's not like they need the land to make that. Remember the last time Google went on a... Uh, on, on, on creating instant data centers, they set up all those barges in San Francisco Harbor. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. So, I mean, this is this is a company that's incredibly innovative, um, and they can do stuff to suit their needs really rapidly. One of the cool things about the um, data centers on the water was um, they're on the water. It's really easy to cool them, although I suppose that gets the computers wet. 
<laughs> but no, it's really easy to to use the the atmosphere around the around the ocean and to use water to uh, cool a red hot data center. Um, so I think the idea of uh, of it being a test track is more likely. Google getting yeah. into uh, self driving cars. Google also getting into you know automating the uh, the lifestyle experience that humans will have on successive generations of humans will have on Earth. Um, you know what else Google's getting into? What's that? Well, Google is, um, you know, often thought of a search engine, but in reality, it's an advertising business, right? Right. And it runs the world's largest ad, two of the world's largest ad networks, one of which is which AdWords. The other is um, the DoubleClick um, display, display ad network. It also publishes its own browser, which happens to be the most popular web browser on Earth, Chrome. One of the problems Google and all other advertising companies are having is, well, people don't like ads, and so they have ad blockers. Now, this might sound counterintuitive, but Google is apparently about to um, design and offer its own proprietary ad blocker in Chrome. And do you think it'll work with AdWords? What do you think? <laughs> well, I don't know. But, uh, you know, as parsed down in TechCrunch, the deal seems to be if Google offers its own ad blocker in Chrome targeting specific types of ads that users find particularly annoying, such as, like, you know, pop-ups, autoplay ads, and videos, stuff like that, those users might never seek out a third-party ad blocking extension. And then all Google's ads will get through. Right. And I mean, a good point being, of course, we know they're getting pretty. They're taking ad placement and, and how ads appear on a page and, and the intrusiveness of them into great consideration. Uh, if they can do a good job at making sure the ads are in a good spot so that they're not impeding people's you know goals when they're at a, a publisher site or, or something like that. Um, and then they can provide a good ad blocking system for everything but their own. The odds of somebody going and looking for that third party drop dramatically. Well, I think the uh, the dirty little secret of online advertising is people don't like them. People don't click them. People don't heed them. Um, you might get, say, for every thousand impressions of an ad, you might get two or three clicks. It's yeah. like the Nigerian money scam, the 419 money scam. For every uh, thousand invites you put out saying you're a Nigerian prince with like $35 million to give to somebody, if only they'll help you get it out of the country, um, all you need is one or two people biting per thousand cent, right? Yeah. Same with, uh, it, sadly, same with online advertising, which is why there's so much of it and why people are so, uh, it's so ubiquitous. People have become used to it. It's like almost part of the scenery that you just don't see at all. So, yep. um, and then add to that, people have like, you know, real, real strong ad blockers that block everything. The bottom falls out of the um, online advertising market. I remember last year at this time, the IAB was panicking because it seemed that the bottom was going to fall out of the, the online uh, advertising market. For a company like Google that sees like, you know, 95% of its fast revenues come from, come from like advertising. It would be terrifying. So I think this is a smart move on their, on their part. Indeed. Okay. Um, 
we have about three, four minutes before we got to take our first break. Um, I don't know why John Mueller feels he has to comment on stuff like this, but the other day, John Mueller um, clarified, just in case you were wondering, um, if you write your title tag in all caps, it has no effect whatsoever on your ranking. There, there. That's I don't. I figured you might want to know that. <laughs> you know what? I, I think, and this is one of those things. And I, I read it too. Um, and I think we have to take it with a grain of salt. And and here's what I mean by that. Like you and I both know, is algorithmically does it impact um, your rankings? I think you and I would both say, and probably most of our listeners, um, that's a big no. <laughs> right? Simply putting your title in all caps isn't going to. I have to think, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and I, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I have to believe if you do it well, if you have the word free in caps, or if you, if you can improve your click-through rate because you've done it properly, I have to think that there is a spot for still using caps properly, just like you would in, your, in the content on your page um, to attract those, those higher click-through rates, not spamming the caps because then it just blends, but properly putting those caps in there. I have to believe that somewhere that can, if it's improving your click-through rate, um, that it's going to improve your rankings. Well, as as long as you don't look like your crazy Uncle Larry, um, <laughs> you know that one who's constantly yelling about republic about uh, uh, right-wing conspiracy stuff at the at the supper table. Mm-hmm. As long as your title tags don't look like crazy Uncle Larry, you're cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's the same as using like ASCII symbols in your in your title tags. It will get attention. People will um, look at it twice. I think it looks cheap personally, but you know that doesn't matter as long as it gets the click right. It really it really depends on how you want to represent your client. Admittedly, I have used caps, but generally I keep them out of the title and into the description where it's a little more subtle, and and you're trying to actually attract the eye because most a lot of people just read the titles and then decide. If you can attract that eye to the description, just to pull them into the description. And, uh, and what you're saying, though, you're, you're, you're saying, like, use caps as if, you're, like, you're using the bold command, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I would on my page, except that I'm on Google's page instead. And you're not, you're not talking about writing your entire, the entire, like, um, either title tag or descriptive uh, sentence in, in all caps, just, like, accentuating words with them, right? Exactly. If you offer a free trial, put that in. Right. And, and maybe in your description, not in not in your title. But I have to believe that that would draw um, a user in. And I, I've certainly seen it. And I'm sure there's there's many tests. And, you know, what? on the commercial break, I'm going to look them up, and try and find them. <laughs> but, uh, so, so if you write free trial, uh, no obligation, no money down. So free trials all in uh, in all caps and no, no obligation, no money down is in, in, in regular in regular letters. Um, that's one thing. But if you write free trial software, nobody wants software. The competition does not want you to see, and it's all in all caps. You're gonna look like crazy Uncle Larry. Yeah, and it's gonna blend. Now it just blends. You're not getting my point. I'm not drawn to a point. I'm I'm now just annoyed. Okay, but it will not directly. I, I think we've actually disproven John Mueller in in our conversation. It will not directly affect your Google rankings. But if it affects your click-through rate, you get better click-through rate and better on time, or better on better time on page, then it might indirectly, you know, have some effect. 
That's and you know what, John is is great for that, and I think everybody listening to John Mueller, who should be everybody who listens to our show as well, um, or Gary Eyes, um, needs to remember that generally they are answering questions just like Matt did before, technically correct, as opposed to, you know, does he really want to get into a discussion of where it does and where it doesn't? No, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> So I think technically he's right. It's not part of the algorithm, but there are parts of the algorithm that I believe could be impacted by it. Yeah, very likely. Okay, Dave, just to reiterate, you're in Las Vegas. I am. Sunny Las Vegas, right? Yep. Why are you in sunny Las Vegas? There is a conversion conference uh, held by Tim Ash, Site Tuners. Yeah, uh, and Tim Ash. It, it's it's absolutely great. It, it's a it's been a great show with a lot of interesting information. I've been grabbing a lot of interviews. We won't be covering them here, but we can we can be peppering them in over the next couple of weeks of shows. I interviewed your friend of mine, uh, Greg Garbo, um, earlier. I'm going to be interviewing Marty Weintraub. Actually, right after the show's done, I'm going down and meeting him uh, at the lunch break. I just caught that message from him just while we're chatting. Um, on, the, on the specific time. So we've got a, a bunch of good shows lined up, and I think we're going to actually be getting uh, some of these people as guests because, I mean, you know Marty. The guy just yeah, is packed full of useful information. Greg has some really, really neat insights um, on some new, uh, new YouTube uh, marketing strategies that I'd never heard of. Um, so oh. it's going to be uh, some great shows coming up. Definitely looking forward to talking to those guys in the future. Looking forward to hearing interviews with them. I'm going to ask you a, lot, a few more questions about Conversion Conference when we come back from break. But before we do, friends, we got to take a break here on Webcology on Cranberry.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davis, Beastock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger and Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on the 4th of April, the 20th of April, 2017. Back after these messages, man. displaying error messages or loading slowly. Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. 
Here on Cranberry.fm. It is the uh, 20th of April, 2017, otherwise known as 420. It's um, It's been a, uh, sorry, new messages just coming in. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you meant that as an advertisement, did you? But, but friends, if you ever have a chance to go for a steak at Mandalay, do it, according to Dave. <laughs> Dave, you were in Vegas at the Conversion Conference. You were telling us a little bit about it. You uh, unfortunately didn't tell us about Steak Night at the Mandalay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, how's, how's the conference going? What, what's the tone of the conference? The conference is going really, really well. Uh, I'm really, really impressed with what uh, what Tim had done. I was here last year, and, and they'd held a, a really, really good show with a lot of great information. Um, and this year he's outdone himself and I had a chance to sort of eavesdrop on another interview he was doing, uh, um, sort of, uh, talking about what they've got next year. And I got to say, um, I'll hope to be here again next year for the conference because I got some, some really neat stuff coming up. Um, there's a, a wonderful lineup of speakers, Angie, uh, Mueller, who, you yeah. know, your friend of mine, uh, did a great session, uh, yesterday afternoon. Um, Greg Jarbeau, who we have a, an interview in the can, but I just couldn't get it to the to the station in time. Um, also did a, did a really, really, really interesting session on uh, on YouTube. Um, but then just wandering around the the expo hall, um, you know, having those chats. They've got the, the nice tables based on the sessions where you can sort of go and sit, sort of themed um, conversations. Are you interested in analytics? You know, go sit here, which was the one I was drawn to, but then I ended up in a super interesting conversation with, uh, on email marketing, um, with one of the, one of the guys from GM that kept me from that table, but you know, I'm not going to complain because I'm chatting about some really interesting email marketing, which isn't my niche, but wow, they, they, they're doing some really, really neat testing, you know, when you're GM. Whenever you're at a conference, one of the things that one of the things you're doing is you're learning, you're you're sharing skills and sharing information. But let's face it, as a business owner, you're also kind of on the make, right? Um, always on. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't not be keeping your eyes and ears open for good opportunities. And so, even if you're talking about email marketing, you're still talking with some dude from GM. <laughs> yeah. Who knows where that conversation might lead, right? Oh, indeed, and I'm I'm happy to have his card. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean it's not just a it's the VP of marketing from GM. Like that's the caliber of people that are that are at this show, and sort of the caliber of knowledge base that you can you can chat with people about. Um, and it, of course, as a as an SEO, you know, primarily a, an SEO, it's it's you know, if you're an SEO and you're looking to make inroads, there's not a lot of us here because um, it's mostly conversion, which I personally find really sad because conversions are a the purpose. And B, as machine learning is getting stronger and stronger, and we've talked about this a few times, understanding what users are doing and making them do more on your site is increasingly important for your for your rankings themselves. This is going to sound a little counterintuitive, but um, there's a how to say this when it comes to conferences. There's a contraction happening in the SEO industry in which there's fewer and fewer SEO focused conferences. And that means there's fewer SEOs going to conferences. Um, 
Now, that's not to say that about that SMX doesn't uh, address SEO, or even that certain sessions at conversion conference won't be touching on SEO. It's just that in the olden days, it was all SEO. Everything was about SEO, and paid search marketing was the afterthought. Um, email marketing was, believe it or not, in relation to SEO, kind of an afterthought. Um, everything was SEO, and so you'd get to these conferences, and it would be like standing in a circular firing squad, you know, because there's What's the point in going to the conference if there's, like, only other SEOs there? You're not really going to be picking up a client. Um, the most you're going to be doing is skill sharing, which we do with each other in our forums and in our conversations every day anyway. Right. Um, now, though, it's like hunting grounds, isn't it? It really is. And there's a few conferences like that. And, and it's funny. It's these, it tends to be these slightly smaller conferences. It's not like SMX, um, you know, in, in its full size. Um, but you catch that. I know uh, State of Search is, a, is another big favorite of mine held uh, down in Dallas. And it's like a seven-track, two-day, tiny little well, – not tiny. There's like a ton of people there. But it costs like three, 400 bucks to get in, and Dallas is easy and cheap to get to. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. all for airlines. Um, you know, so – and that one's coming up, and I'm hoping to attend that one. Still not sure if I'll be able to in October because i got a conference in November to go to. But um, – you know, it's it's. I think we're we're starting to see these smaller ones that are covering a much wider array. You're right. Like the older ones used to cover SEO, and then there'd be like a track, one track of four that covered anything but right. And that because that track would be covering paid search, email marketing, conversions, all that. Whereas now we're getting, you know, I, I think a a better take on marketing and digital marketing as a whole at some of these conferences, and they're starting to specialize a little bit, which is tough for us. Um, of sorts, because you need to go to more of them. But mm-hmm. let's be honest, you, you know, we keep talking every week and we keep packing an hour with news and not covering everything that was done because there's so much needs it, um, needs specialized conferences like conversion conference where, yeah, there's some SEO being talked about. Yeah, there's some email marketing being talked about, but it's in the context of conversions. And, and you know, what more are you asking from your site? Do you really want traffic from Google or do you want a conversion? Right. And, and, you know, it's it's good to be reminded of the end goal, not just, you know, I'm, I'm the tech, technical SEO first kind of thing. And, you know, it's good to be reminded, ah, right, there's a purpose. <laughs> well, I mean, that's something I never really understood, how people could, could lose track of that purpose, because, um, I know, I operate as an independent agency. And if we don't get sales for our clients, we get fired. You know, there's there's no HR department between us and the pink slip. Like, um, we're independent <laughs> contractors. But I, 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 again, I just don't see how um, people can get siloed in thought without without understanding. Like, it's a holistic effort, right? Well, it totally is. And I mean, I can go back in time, back to where SEO was a was a different thing. And this is early in Beanstalk's life. It was like 2006 or something like that. I mean, we had a client and they were just stuck at number two, just stuck there. There was nothing we could do. Um, and they were going for like inkjet cartridges. So, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty competitive space. Uh, we tried and they weren't getting the traffic we would expect. We ended up playing around with their title tag. They actually dropped from position two to four when I was playing around for a whole whack of queries. But they quadrupled their traffic because of the new title. Um, and you know, Going back to our conversation from earlier. Well, did they care? No, they didn't care that when the ranking report came out that it showed a two-position drop. And if I recommended 
to move them back to the old title so we could get them back to page two or position two, they'd have been irate. <laughs> and, and logically, because that isn't the purpose. The purpose isn't the ranking. The purpose is the traffic. And that's why conferences like this are, are so great. And, and Tim does a, a bang up show with, I'm going to be honest, like it's some great food. <laughs> so, and that's always important too. Well, you are in Vegas, you know, and I am going to be thinking of your Mandalay steak as I uh, sit down for my Swiss filet chicken supper. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, moving along. So, uh, conversion conversion conference, excellent. Um, no, that's the Vegas version isn't the only conversion conference. Uh, Tim holds them in a number of cities across America, right? Yeah, he does. I can't even remember the full list of, of cities, but I know he throws, I think it's three or four of them. Um, and it's, you know, it's highly recommended. Vegas is obviously the biggest, and for, for people like me, the easiest to get to because it's Vegas. <laughs> like everybody flies here, and, uh, you know, hotels aren't really all that expensive. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's uh, he, he holds them, and I, I, now I'm curious to start going to, to some of the other ones just to see the difference, if nothing else. Well, there's uh, probably a conversion conference coming to somewhere relatively near you. So, friends, you know, check it out conversionconference.com and you know find out find out what show is happening in your in your uh, local neighborhood. Okay, do you remember the ripoff report, Dave? <laughs> I think we all do. God, these guys piss me off. Have you have you ever tried to get a client out of the ripoff report? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had two clients who've come to me about the ripoff report. First one, I thought I'd be able to help them without a lot of problem. Boy, was I wrong. Second one, told them the experience with the first one, and they still went with me. So, you know, got them what they wanted. And in both cases, I ended up just acting as a liaison, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's only one real way out of the ripoff report, because these guys are bastards. And you could tell them I said so. And that's to pay their extortion. Yeah, I think they've been called worse. <laughs> they have, but, you know, I'm Canadian, so it, it, multi it multiplies by 10. Because, you know, it's not polite. So I really mean it if I say it. Um, these people are worse than bastards. They're extortion artists. Uh, Rimpoff Report has a very simple business model. They, um, are, they use, you know, pretty manipulative SEO practices that work. And they will get your name on front page of Google search results, you know, for your name or your brand. Problem is, it tends to be associated with a um, complaint that is um, often close to actionable in its intensity against you or your, your, your company, your product, brand, or service. So the ripoff report is all about what a crappy person you are or what a crappy business you are, and, you know, how people should never do business with you, and then they put that on the first, and they somehow get that ranking under your name or business name. And you could try to subvert that ranking. You could try to uh, get rid of it somehow. You can try to undermine it. You can try to replace it with a whole bunch of other stuff about the same subject. There is a zillion rep reputation management tricks, and you can try all of them. And the bloody bastards at the ripoff report will probably beat you because this is their business. This is what they do all day long. So is that I mean, do you, do you have anything else to add about them? Is there, is there any other way to describe them? That's not 
without using words more colorful than you already have. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, like our producer played the F word in our exit music on the uh, on the last break. I just wanted to note that. So it wasn't us. So, you know, folks at iHeartRadio, we didn't do it. Um, <laughs> remember that. Uh, um, okay, so the Revoff Port, horrible thing. So, you know, 15 years later, people have been have been pleading with Google to please take action about these guys. And Google doesn't want to doesn't want to censor quasi-legitimate search results. It doesn't want to be put in that position. But even Google knows that the ripoff report is bad and that, you know, content coming from the ripoff report is uh, you know, it's 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 it's, it's not user useful content. But still, Google doesn't take action. But then finally, finally, Google would take action if you got a uh, order against the ripoff report to stop using your brand or or copyrighted name in print. Right. That would be the only way you could get Google to remove those pages. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now... <laughs> I'm sorry this is so long-winded to get to the to get to the punchline but here it comes. We're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. Now, now the ripoff report has literally millions of names of businesses and individuals that it's maligning in its in its pages, okay? Mhm. Google according to the um, electronic frontier that that maintains the um the uh, Chile Climate Database, the, the database of uh, uh, sites that have been removed from Google's listings, um, they note tens of thousands of ripoff report pages that have been removed from Google because uh, because of taken down for some DMC notice, DMCA notice, yeah. and uh, the ripoff report. The long and the short of it, you finally, as a reputation management business, you finally got your client's name out of the ripoff report. Guess how the ripoff report is getting around this? Oh, the ripoff report found a way around it. Google bans pages by simply banning the URL. So, um, ripoffreport.com slash xyz bozo dash bozo dot html. That's the URL? That Google bans. So the ripoff report to get around this, to subvert Google um, taking a- finally taking action against them, is simply changing the URLs and promoting the living hell out of the stories that that uh, that were banned and are suddenly you know within weeks back in the top ten again. They just change the URL because that's how Google does it. They ban the URL. Yeah. And it does make sense that they have to do it that way because otherwise you can have a takedown on a totally legitimate, you know, site. Um, it's just covering some news, and and now it's it's being taken down for whatever reason. But um, you know, you can't block all of whatever Huffington Post because of this. No matter one. How much you might want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm a yeah, I'm an ultra lefty, but that's a horrible. Anyway, um, <laughs> I love 420 Day. <laughs> You know how comfortable um, society has become with marijuana. We've been playing. We've been playing our in and out intros on a business radio network. 
uh, all about marijuana day because it's 420. But I remember on this very same network before you and I even had a show. So this is like uh, 10 to 11 years ago. How shocked we were to hear SE, SEO guru light a joint up on air. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Do you remember that? We were we were sitting in the Stepforth office listening to this like amazing, amazing invention, Webmaster Radio. And then suddenly he lit up a joint. We were all shocked. <laughs> so we, we probably shouldn't have been too surprised when he had, oh, I can't remember what the name of it was. They used to hold it at uh, conferences. That Was it Drunken Webmasters? <laughs> the Drunken Webmaster uh, round tables. Yeah, they were fun. They yeah. were super fun. Um, and you know what I remember? We talked about the ripoff report at one of those round tables. And, you know, these are Here some of the... Didn't have a solution, but these were some of the best webmasters in the world, all of them frustrated and angry about it. Yeah. But no solution. Okay, we have another two minutes before we got to take, take another break, going into our last segment. Um, just to uh, confirm with uh, some of the tinfoil hat-wearing people out there, Google did not ban InfoWars. <laughs> There's a rumor out there that Google decided to ban right-wing um, news, and that's news with a Z, uh, mm-hmm. website, InfoWars, and that's wars with, without a Z. It actually spells it with, with an S, but it should have a Z. Um, because uh, InfoWars is widely known to be um, bullshit, fake news, completely made up uh, that... InfoWars was the uh, publication where the fake pizza pedophile story was published. Right. Yeah. Okay, so there was a rumor out there that Google had banned it. In fact, it hasn't been banned. It was just used as an example for the Google Quality Assurance or Quality Ratings Guide um, about what is what might be fake news or what might be indicative of fake news. So, again, just to, to be really clear about this, because, because there's a massive controversy out there on the right-wing news sites, 4chan is going crazy on this. Um, Google has not banned InfoWars. InfoWars content is still available through Google. Google's not playing censor. You people are really, really crazy. Calm the hell down. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, admittedly, it was an oversight on Google's part. Um, just to offer a little clarification, because at no point when they're teaching their quality raters how to rate things, they're not supposed to use a specific site as an example. Um, so there is a legitimacy to the complaint, but that's more on the quality side because they're not meant to bias their raters uh, by going, we don't like this because of, of X. They're just supposed to teach them that if it's not founded in anything, if it's pretending to be news and it doesn't actually reinforce itself, then it gets this rating. So I think that's where part of the legitimate problem of this comes in is, yeah, you're not supposed to bias your raters because you're supposed to take all opinion and just teach them what to look for to judge a site. But um, yeah, it, it went a little far on the, hey, you know, they're purposely taking it down. No, it was an example. It shouldn't have actually been given. You can, but, you can uh, see the glaring irony here, though, eh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> fake news fake news site gets all gets nose out of joint and spreads fake news about being banned when it wasn't banned in the first place. Yeah, there is an irony there. Okay. Uh we gotta take a break here um before we come back with our last segment. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beatsock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Web Culture on Cranberry.fm on April the twentieth, twenty seventeen. Back after these messages. 
Yo. Yo. Yo, ladies and gentlemen. We got Tony Braxton up in the house. So hard that I can get the sky, We live up in here, y'all. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Shitting again, spitting the wind, loaded guns, clipping the end, none sicker than him. Yes, indeed. I'm illers in the STDs or sex disease. These dirty rats want extra cheese on that piece of the pot. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog post. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. <laughs> Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. <laughs> Jeremy Dahl, Florida, howling his ass off in his chair right now. I can hear it here in Toronto. <laughs> Can you hear it clear across the continent? Okay, so <laughs> it's kind of a funny idea, Dave. How much is a good idea worth after a couple drinks? <laughs> well, it depends on the idea and how many domain variants there may be in my case. <laughs> so 20 bucks? Yeah, some, I mean, there's been some where we bought like, uh, you know, four or five of them at a time. <laughs> but, uh, yep, you yeah, got them. Uh, during during the break, I'd said because there was a commercial on uh, on how much is your good idea worth and to protect it, and just mentioning that yeah, after a couple of drinks, Mary and I bought I don't know a few domains. Great idea, and then of course you know reality hits and you've got clients to work on. And, oops, okay, that domain's not really going to be used, but uh, there we go. As it turns out, though, a couple of them have actually sold for decent money. So there we are. I wonder if there is a repository of. Uh 
and the, the domain, the domain, uh, the hosting service, the domain, the main registration services must must keep these. Of because uh, they must know who you guys are, right? The people who just buy domains on whim. Um, oh, it's us! It's it's nine two six five five eight nine three again. I know these guys. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I'm putting and my kids through college with them. Six seven o'clock at night. It's always. Yep. Yeah. Now, I wonder if there's a repository of of amazing domain names that are just sort of sitting in stasis. You know, if, if it's a list that people could can uh, can reference and know when to get their bids ready. <laughs> Probably. Okay, um, <laughs> there must be somewhere. Back to uh, more SEO and web marketing stuff. Have you been trying to use uh, Google Submit or Fetches Google? You know and what, I guess I've been lucky because I'm here. So no, I haven't, but what's going on? Uh, last couple days, okay, this is weird. A week ago, um, Webmaster T, Terry Van Horn, uh, wrote me and asked me if I was able to access... Um, fetches Google. And I wasn't able to get to it through Search Console, formerly Webmaster Tools, but for some reason, I threw fetches Google into the Google search engine and got a Google link. Um, and, and, and it worked then for me. But this is about a week ago. Since then, it hasn't worked at all. Until yesterday evening when Google finally fixed it. So, um, if you have a need to submit URLs to Google to, uh, you know, I guess either guarantee that they've gotten in there or to, to um, you know, something to do, <laughs> um, fetch has Google and, and the Google submit URL form is working again. But for the record, you really probably don't have to use uh, Fetch or Google Submit because as long as there's a link going to it, an active sitemap, a uh, XML sitemap, whatever, Google's going to find that page of documents. Yeah. Fetch as Google, on the other hand, is a clever tool that you should use frequently if you're wondering how Google sees a page. Um, you can do some serious, uh, serious fixing and troubleshooting using Fetch's Google. So that's, they're working. That's a really, really good point. That's the the the, the important salient point is um, Google had a problem last about a week. Now it's fixed. Next. As we both go through our tabs. Well, that was my contribution to Dex. <laughs> um, what was it? You put up the story. Um, you know what? When I'll, when I'll cover because it'll be it'll be super fast because I just need to direct people to a URL. Um, and it's the social media image. Mean, social media today puts this out once a year. Um, and it's a, it's a great little addition. You can just go over to social media today. It's on, it's on their page. And they've just come out with their social media image sizes, 2017 cheat sheet. And so anybody involved in social media, just bookmark it. Heck, I'm not super active in, in SEO for, for, or I mean in social for our clients. Um, you know, but even I have this as a cheat sheet and basically it just shows in all of the different, you know, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, 
here's just a quick cheat sheet on what your sizes need to be, what your you know, all the different metrics around what your images need to be on the advertising and on just the profile image and cover photos and stuff like that. Just a quick and easy reference guide. So if you care at all about social media, like if you just manage your own page, <laughs> um, yeah, head over to social media today, bookmark the page. Um, it's a it's a a really, really handy little cheat sheet when you're trying to go, okay, how many pixels do I make my Facebook cover, right? If you've forgotten or, or whatever. Um, and they just keep it updated once a year. They update it and it's it's handy. I have just replaced my last year's bookmark with this year's. Yeah. The uh, Facebook F8 conference um, is, is happening in San Francisco this week. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg said a really interesting thing. Um, from his front stage that I've been puzzling over. Um, the camera on your cell phone is, in his mind, the first step towards augmented reality. And um, Zuckerberg spent a lot of time sp- uh, talking about, about augmented reality at, uh, at F8. So kind of makes me think that... Uh, Facebook is going to have a new feel and environment sooner than later. Yeah, I mean that just that just really makes sense, doesn't it? Um, well, like when you think of anything, even the the cardboard, right? Like how easy to augment reality with my cardboard, right? These sorts of things, and it's it's been done to certain degrees, but well, I mean think of, think of any environment you're in, be it like a uh, a library that has a you know thousands of books that each have individual um, identifiers on them, a grocery store, uh, you know, literally thousands of individual products, all with individual identifiers on them, um, any, type, any type of store for that matter, uh, a, uh, a museum, etc. And how easy it is to add content to explain, sell, cajole, or whatever around any one you know, these these identifiable objects or, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, pieces of content. (laughs) Because everything is content in a a digital world. And I've been thinking a lot about, ever since the the, the horrible events in in Cleveland uh, last week, um, where the, the, the fellow committed murder on on uh, live on a Facebook live stream mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about the use of video um, especially live video and that kind of experience that users are now having over the internet um, Oh, we have three minutes to end of show, so going into deep philosophic thought at this point, probably not a good idea. Um, YouTube is allowing live streaming. You remember how Google had Google Hangouts, which was like this incredible live streaming sort of service? Yeah. They've canceled it. They moved over to YouTube. They now have uh, YouTube, YouTube Live. Um used to be when it was introduced back in February after they killed it at, uh, at, at Google Plus, you had to have over 10,000 subscribers in order to, uh, to rate the initiation of a live stream. 
that threshold as of today has been uh, reduced to a thousand subscribers. Um, so just so you know, if you want to get in on on YouTube Live, like you were, like people are doing on Facebook, but not like that guy was doing on Facebook, because they only let you do that once, then it take the take the channel away from you. Um, You no longer have to have 10,000 on YouTube. Now you only have to have 1,000 subscribers. Which is great. I, I think that was a good call on their part to lower. I think you can you can fairly say that at 1,000, you're a pretty legitimate um, company or, or personality. And I think that was a good call on their part that's going to make it a much more dynamic um, and engaging area to be, um, for depending on your niche. Because you and I can all think of, there's niches where hitting 10,000 subscribers... You know, hitting a thousand is going to be a challenge. It doesn't mean your niche couldn't use some live streaming like that, you know, a rafting company or whatever. Um, so it, it makes a lot of sense. I think it's going to help a lot of smaller niches that could really share some good live streaming, um, but just haven't been able to do it properly until now. Um, again, given the, the horrific way that Facebook Live was used to, to you know, commit a live stream murder last week, maybe having a threshold for... Um, a user interest threshold for accessing these kind of technologies is a good idea. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you actually have to be a serious person before we can you can broadcast live. Um, who knows? What I do know is we are out of time on this 420 Webcology um, on the uh, 20th of April, 2017. So, uh, Bath, Dave Davis, Sunday, 20th of April, 2017. Dick Brown's Network. It's great content coming up after the news. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 